Hello, Bears fans, and welcome back to another edition of Bears on Tap. I am Luce. He is Q. You know us already, but we are joined by a very, very, very special guest today. As a continuation in our State of the Bears series, we are joined by our man, our friend, Mr. Skokes. Skokes, first off, sir, how are you doing today? How are things? Yeah, it's going all right. Uh, just graduated college not too long ago, about a month ago. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, and uh, it's just getting into things, you know. Uh, Bears news, training camp's coming up soon. Uh, Hawks are doing very, very well, number one pick, and I'm super pumped about that. And obviously the Bears, number one pick, uh, and we'll get into that later. Yeah, doing good. Good, man. Well, we're, we're, we're thankful for you joining us, Q, before we get started, but I have to ask you as well, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man, Just uh, just grinding, you know always grinding um i can talk a little bit about what we're doing with this series for any fans who haven't caught the previous episodes um so basically we wanted to get a numbers guy a film analyst a fan and a football coach at some level to come on the show and we're asking them all the same questions so our goal here is to compare and contrast different viewpoints of how they're seeing the bears right now and um Obviously, we'll get into what those questions are soon enough. But if you missed any of the previous episodes, make sure to go back and check them out because we had some really interesting conversations. And I expect today's to be a really interesting conversation. Well put, Q. Well put. And yeah, absolutely. If you haven't, go ahead. If you first off, if you aren't already, subscribe to the YouTube. Join the conversation with us as well. It's where also you can rewatch all the episodes that Q just mentioned. Uh, Jonathan Wood, Robert Schmitz joined us uh, already. Um, we're going to keep this thing going with our boy Skokes here. Uh, so Skokes, first off, tell everybody a little bit about you. Obviously, we're very familiar with you. You're you're a listener of ours, uh, and we're very obviously appreciative of you. Uh, but give everybody a little bit of a background. You know where your Bears fandom started and and all that fun stuff like that. Yeah, uh, so just get in like my fandom. Uh, die diehard Chicago sports fan. Uh, Hawks, Bears, Bulls, um, mainly. Uh, I tune in with the Cubs more more recently. Like the last two years, I've uh, just paying more attention to it. Rough time uh, to become a Cubs fan. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's a little rough. Uh, it's it's reminding me of what the Bulls were like and what the Bears used to be. You know, just kind of all over the place don't really have a direction right now but we hope to get that uh rolling yeah um so bears fandom um mainly during like grade school uh you know i'm like seven eight nine ten years old uh don't really know much but the big names that pop out are Erlacher, hester uh even cutler actually we used to have a cutler jersey uh he he was a fun player to watch you know um but that's where it started. Didn't know too much about the scheme. Didn't know a lot of details, really. Just just watching the game. Um, yeah, but more recently, just been learning a lot uh, from a bunch of shows. Uh, you guys, too. You guys get in it uh, pretty well, and uh, it's really helping me out, yeah. And one of the reasons we asked you to be on this, this, this one, Skokes, is hmm. you are always commenting on our videos and we love it. We love to get that interaction. So we wanted to, we wanted to get someone who we interact with pretty consistently on here. So we want to thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yep. Absolutely, man. Well, Hey, love that. You know, and sometimes I think that to Q's point makes this fun, right? Because 
you are going to have a very different viewpoint than other people. And I, I think that's the beauty of this series that, you know, we are doing here with Bears on Tap over the course of the summer is just diving in and, and learning how people view the, the team, the state of the organization and things like that, because it's really easy. I think we all can relate. You go on Twitter, you see a take that you don't like, and you're just like, oh, these idiots or these people don't know what they're talking about. But it, it really is fascinating to learn, like, truly just to sit back and kind of understand where everybody is coming from with their viewpoint and why they know what they know about the team and stuff like that. So really cool part of this series. And, and we're looking forward to continuing here with you, sir. Um, so let's get started, shall we? We'll, uh, we'll just dive right into the questions here. Um, how do you see the state of the Chicago bears? Yeah. Uh, so starting out really just, I love building through the draft, you know, and, Polls came in, uh, what was it, a year and a half now? And yeah, he just took it down to the studs, uh, starting out, like, cutting Goldman. Uh, Cohen, obviously, he was hurt, uh, injured. Uh, just getting rid of those old 2018 guys uh, from the last regime, right? And I appreciate that, um, similar to the Blackhawks, where – they're just tearing it down all the way, which it should be done. Like if you're going to rebuild, this is how you do it. You have to build through the draft and you have to get rid of those, uh, whatever it is, like bad contracts, uh, just older veteran guys that are not helping uh, for the future. Right. Um, at the last uh, trade deadline, uh, getting rid of Quinn, uh, I didn't think we could, we could get it done, but he obviously shipped them out for anything. And I believe we got a fourth rounder or a third rounder. Yep. And, and you got a ring. Right. Or right. Uh, almost a ring. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> he, got, he got an NFC championship ring. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He sat in with it. I think he was injured for, I don't know, like 95% yeah. of the time. But yeah. Um, yeah. But smart spending um, with the new regime polls, uh, just accumulating draft picks. I mean, we, we've had. 10 plus draft picks the last two drafts and that's how you do it uh more shots in the dark there and we will hopefully pull out some pretty good players for the so future. I, I, th I think i'm i'm with you on the point of like you know when there, there's two schools of thought when a gm comes in right it's like retool or rebuild and because you know the last guy was probably fired for a reason you don't see many gms winning a playoff game and then getting fired but so I think when you look at the retool aspect, you can think about like the Vikings last year were clearly a retool, right? And they, they, they were fairly successful with it, but it's like, they're kind of stuck in this spot now of like, well, what do we do now? Because we still didn't have enough to really make any, any noise or like, even you want to go to the, the really ugly aspect of like trying to retool, you go back to the Phil Emery bears, you know, they said, Oh, we're just a few pieces away. We, we, we can fix this thing. And it, it, it set the franchise back, what, five years probably right. because of the, the decisions that were made there. So, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the rebuild is the right way to go, the bit more painful way to go in the early mm -hmm. going. Um, but the right way, I mean, it's honestly, it's what we saw Ryan Pace do as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we saw Pace get, I want to say his first – two of the, his first three drafts had 10 plus picks each. Like the very first one didn't cause they were pretty pick poor, but beyond that, he, he had a ton of picks and that's how you find the Eddie Jackson, the Tariq Cohen, the, by, by having just those, 
as many shots as you can take, right? It doesn't matter if I shoot 10% from the three-point line if you're giving me 300 attempts. Like, right. <laughs> that that's kind of the, the, the idea there. So, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I like that they're in the rebuild. It seems like it's going in the right spot. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I, I guess just want to touch on one more thing. Like, if um, – obviously, like, the coaching – um, if you can nail the coaching staff down for a long term, then we could sustain that success, you know, uh, with the draft picks uh, developing and you have the coaches that came in with them and there's already that chemistry there, um, you know, just sustain success. That's what we want to see. Absolutely. And, and and you look at, right, like a team like Kansas City and, and Philly, right? Two two franchises that this Bears front office is now built from because of, of Cunningham and Poles. And it's the exact same thing, right? They, they feel like they got their head coaches correct. They think that they have their, their coaching staffs in place and you see them continually have those successful drafts because that's where they've built, right? Like it's easy to say, oh yeah, yeah. They signed a free agent here and they signed a guy here, but the overwhelming majority of their players, especially their impact players, were guys that they got through the draft. So 100% in agreement with their, you there, Skokes. Quick question for you there. On the coach front, what's your opinion? Does a head coach have to be an offensive guy? Or do you just go for the best coach that you can find and try to find the like, like the Harbaugh's or the uh, – I don't want to say Belichick because that's not fair, but like mm-hmm. the uh, – like D'Amico Ryan's just got hired, those type of guys that you're looking for. Right. Uh, yeah. So with Coach Flus, uh, I love the way that he came in, you know, uh, defensive minded, just seems like a great leader, you know, a great speaker uh, in interviews. And even like at training camp, like I've, I've never seen the coaching staff thank the fans for coming out. You know, I, I mean, there's hundreds of people uh, spending the whole day out there at uh, House Hall and. I believe it was the first week of training camp last year, and he just took a couple minutes just to say thanks. Uh, thanks for coming out. Um, uh, this is our first week back. Uh, we hope to see you guys more. And I really, you know, I appreciate that. You know, and the fan base does too. So were, were you at the were, – were you there at Alice Hall? Uh, mainly at training camp. Uh, I love going. Like I probably get yeah. maybe six or seven plus uh, tickets – or a days. So yeah, I'm definitely looking to be back there. Um, Maybe like a full week's worth. Yeah. That's cool. That's a nice little nugget. I didn't know that, you know, I, I I live in Texas, so I don't go to training camp, but uh, I I didn't, I didn't know that. And it sounds like you, uh, you've been to quite a few and never had that experience before. Yeah. I mean, even when the bus drivers, uh, same with sub skunks, you know, I I mean, that's pretty crazy. You know, (laughs) like, yeah, I'm uh, back here for a, Wednesday, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm back. Love That's it. That's cool, man. Yeah. So let's move on to the next item that we have here. What are you hoping to see the Bears focus on more in 2023? And you can take that any direction you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the first thing that just points out to me is, can we have a routine offense, right? Hmm. I, I mean – I, I love the offense last year, um, the changes that Getsy made, right, with with the running game and um, Justin running as as well. But can we see that routine where it doesn't seem like we're pulling teeth on third down, you know, or even going for it on, on fourth down? Like, man, is, it, is this going to happen? Is this going to work? Like, can, can we have a routine? I mean, 
can we keep the chains moving? And uh, seeing quick passes, obviously the upgrade in O-line, that helps out a lot uh, with everything. We could see what uh, what they could come up with for the quick game. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot, honestly, because like that is such a good way to look at it. I feel like some people will overcomplicate the, that question, right? Like, what do you want the Bears to focus on? It's like, right. oh, better quarterback play or better, you know, running. But like, just as simple as a routine offense, right? Because right. you, like you say, you look at even just some of the other teams in the division when they've come to town and played the Bears. Obviously, last year being a horrible example of that. But even in, in years prior to that, they would have more consistent drives. They're putting together six and seven play and eight play and maybe even nine to 10 play drives. It's not just three and out or, Oh, the big play is what they absolutely need to rely on in order to to move the ball down the field. You know, just having that consistent tempo really does make a big difference for a team. And even for, I think of the fan psyche, right? Just like you're not sitting there wanting to bash your head off the wall because you're like, they can't move the ball. Right. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's something that we talked about all last year. Was like, what's the what's the bread and butter? What's your identity? You know, when you need five yards, what's your five yard play that you're you're saying? You you guys can't stop this, and if you focus enough on it, maybe you can. But I need two plays. You know, I need the play that I know that they can't stop, and the play that I know builds off of it for when they decide to overcommit to stopping it. Right. And that's that that's what Bears didn't have a lot of last year. And with Justin Fields, you think that there's there's so much opportunity to build that in the offense, right? With with how much you can use his legs and get him out on the move and adding the weapons that they have, I think will really give them a good opportunity to to build that that what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Right. Um even like bringing in um uh D- DJ Moore. Uh DJ Moore having tight ends commit Tanyan, just having that easy dump off, you know, I mean, is this going to get three to five yards or, or is it going to pop off for 10 to 20 yards? Um, just having that dump off, I think is great. And we'll definitely see that in, improved uh, this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. And, and, and kind of building off of that question and, it, and it, you might take this an entirely different direction as well as Skokes, but what is your favorite thing that the Bears are doing? And whether that's, you know, a, you know the roster decisions they're making or, or a specific one, something maybe that's more schematic, or just anything in general that you like right now that's going on, whether it's the front office, the coaching staff, et cetera. What is your favorite thing right now that the Bears are doing? All right. Uh, just seeing mainly this offseason, right? Um, lucking in it at number one pick. And – we got a haul for it. Um, I, I'd like to see it as a haul, right? Uh, we got a lot of picks, especially DJ Moore, and investing a lot into the offensive side of the ball. I mean, that's what we really needed to do. I mean, uh, this season, it's all about Justin for me. I, I mean, just balling out. Just you have your guy. We've upgraded the line, and I've and I've loved the upgrades that, that we've made. And I just um, – I love the investment. Uh, right tackle Darnell Wright. Um, I I would have liked to see maybe a younger center come in. E- even though we did, um, we draft we drafted Kramer uh, last year out of Illinois. Um, 
I like him, but it, does he have any fall off from that injury? Because it seemed pretty serious t- to keep him out the whole year. I believe he just came back right now um, for for this offseason. But uh, definitely the investment on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. Love it. It's weird, right? Right. It's a Bears <laughs> fan to invest in the offensive side. Like, it's just – We've always seen it once and it blew up pretty quick after like a year. Yep. So, yep. <laughs> at least in my life. I mean, so, I mean, thinking through the offensive additions, it's what it's DJ Moore, obviously, Nate Davis, Darnell Wright, mm-hmm. Roshan Johnson, and the, the trio of running backs, they or duo of running backs they brought in on top of him. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's Tyler Scott's even a sleeper one, you know, like that that's mm-hmm. something that I think could pay dividends down the road getting Tyler Scott where they did once they, you know, have to think about if everything goes right, paying mm-hmm. Justin Fields like that's right. that cheap Tyler Scott contract could come back to be a real boon for them. But like I said, it's weird because we see, you know, the Lovey Smith Bears, they can't they can't get it done. The defense is good but the offense just needs more help. So what do they do? They pay Julius Peppers $100 million to get after the quarterback. You know, like, which mm-hmm. I love Julius Peppers. Yeah. He was awesome to watch, but it wasn't what they needed. It was what, mm-hmm. what you know, Bears culture says it, that you do. And the, the league has kind of passed by that Bears culture, and it's been we've been slow to evolve, but I'm, I'm happy to see that it's finally kind of evolved. Right. Um even tying back to like a few years ago, right, um, where we brought in Jimmy Graham, right? Uh, awesome name, but it's a little late for that, you know, uh, giving them that contract too. Uh, it's just not not the right move, right? But building it the right way and it's on the offense, uh, I love it, yeah. Yeah, and, so, and, and just real quick, like thinking through too, you, you mentioned obviously like DJ Moore being such a big addition and just like – almost the way that they went about it, right? Because it's so easy to say, oh, well, like, look at the terrible contract they gave a guy like Jimmy Graham. He's already, he already got paid. And because of the trade, a lot of those, you know, bonuses and guarantees and stuff stay in Carolina. So you actually get DJ Moore at a bit of a bargain. It it just, it, it, it's weird to your guys' points. Like it's weird seeing the bears, not only invest in the offense, but creatively and wisely invest in the offense. And I think that's the, the really kind of strange part of, of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. When I think it's also like there's – I'm not sure there was a receiver available with more upside than DJ Moore. I mean, you could go get T. Higgins, but I think the questions of his downside of being – like I, 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 I'm a believer that T. Higgins can be your number one, but like it's not proven. So you're always dealing with that downside of like until he proves it on the field that he can be the number one for your team. There's going to be that question of, can he really? But with DJ Moore, you've seen him be a number one in offenses with awful quarterback play, like putting up a thousand yards with nobody. So to me, that's that that's screaming. You got this 26 year old receiver who's proven that he can be that dog on your offense and he can still get better if the quarterback play is better like that, that's something that I thought was a very, very smart place to attack. Like finding that guy who still has upside that might be untapped. Right. Um, I think I was on vacation um, in Austin, Texas at the time of the, um, at the trade. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I was there for uh, South by Southwest uh, for okay. school. Mm-hmm. And uh, the trade popped up, right? And I was thinking, oh, you know, it's probably probably Brian Burns they threw in, right? Or um, D-Tackle, uh, Derek Brown, mm-hmm. which are cool names. But I always had that name in the back of my head, DJ Moore. What if we somehow pulled that off? Like, how is that going to happen? And Poles got it done. It's It's unreal. Unreal. I didn't think they I, I didn't think Carolina would deal them. But right. if you're going to get your quarterback, there's a lot of data out there that points to young quarterback success being highly, highly tied to wide receiver skill. And like to throw him out and you're taking a quarterback number one, I just didn't think made sense. But I'm I'm glad I'm glad they disagreed with me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Moving on to the next thing here, it's along the same lines, like say, say, same branch of question, but just polar opposite. What's your least favorite thing about the Bears right now from, you know, players to coaches to front office to ownership, whatever it might be? Yeah, um, I could probably tie more into like uh, just a fan perspective. Like I, I've been to a lot of training camps, right? Um, a, lot, a lot of days and there's one thing that always gets the fans uh, during practice. You you can't take a lot of pictures or videos, right? Um, you can draw. Oh uh, yeah, right. <laughs> you could draw up the plays, uh, the uh, playbook, right? But uh, they are super strict on just camera rules. You know, like if they see you, like you're holding up your uh, phone you know, for like more than 10 seconds, then they're going to call you out. And then they tell you to come down, like show what you're recording, you know, and sometimes really? like make you, yeah. Like they make you delete it. And I uh, never really understood it. Cause it's, I mean, we're, we are the fan base, you know, uh, we're promoting the team. We're, we're promoting the, uh, the, the brand uh, never really understood it, you know, cause there's nothing crazy schematic that goes on during like the first two weeks of training camp. And I just don't, I don't know. It's weird. It's funny. Yeah. That's it. What's really weird about it to me is like, that's something that has transcended across every GM, every right. head coach. It's not so, like it, it, it's, it's not just it's ownership. It has to be, but why are they so secretive about it? it it's a little odd. Mm-hmm. Right, and I think the Patriots or uh, someone else they live stream the entire uh, training camp day, and it's just funny, you know. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Same old bears. What are you gonna do, right? <laughs> right. Same old bears. Oh, no. there's, a, there's someone I know who had a story. I think it was at last year's camp or maybe two years ago. Mm-hmm. And one of the one of the Bears security guys was just hounding him. Yeah. about that and it wasn't him it was a guy who looked like him yeah but the, the security guy kept going after him and after him, he's like i don't he's like you think i know how to use the camera on my phone like <laughs> right. it's a guy who doesn't like he's not the most technology savvy guy either yeah. it's just it was a hilarious story but like it's they were just being ridiculous about it mm-hmm. yeah it's uh super super overblown uh yeah it's funny yeah 
I like that. I like that. That's definitely, I, I think I appreciate that answer too, because that is the most like, I'm a fan and this is what I want to do answer. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we haven't gotten that yet in, in yeah, this no. entire series. So that's why like, I love that. Cause it's true. Like I've, I can't tell you how many times I've heard from people when they go to training camp. I, I was there one year myself and like, everybody's like, Hey, you pull your phone out. Like people are like staring at you. Like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do with that? Are you going to record? I don't do it. Don't do it. Like they, it's crazy, man. It is, it is absolutely crazy, but hopefully keeping the spirits a little high because we got bones to pick with bear security at training camp. What positions or just one position singular uh, are you most excited for in 2023 with the bears? Right. Um, I, I didn't really want to go the obvious route. You know, uh, Justin is obviously number one on my list. Um, I'm uh, excited, a little anxious about, you know, just how it's all going to play out. Really? Um, the wide receiver room, I think we've touched on it the uh, last few weeks. Um, just seeing what more Mooney, Claypool, uh, even tight ends, you know, uh, Komet, Tanyan, uh, what they could do in, in, in this offense. But I think a really underrated room right now is just the whole secondary, right? Um, uh, J- Jalen Johnson still here. Hopefully we could work out a – smaller contract but i don't i don't really see it getting done um uh we still have gordon uh vildor the rookies terrell smith i really really like them um uh, fifth round i believe fifth round uh pickup yeah. mm-hmm. um even getting rid of like uh Houston carson i i believe they did not bring him back uh the sixth round rookie I think seventh round, uh, Williamson, Kendall Williamson from Stanford. Uh, he took the number 36. So uh, I, I think that confirms. Oh, I didn't realize that. That's yeah. Uh, yep. That confirms it. Yep. Uh, no more DeAndre, but I would, you know, like to see what he has in just limited snaps, uh, special teams, uh, take that DHC role. Yeah. Uh, it's a really exciting room. Even last year's like undrafted uh, rookies, uh, Blackwell, uh, Jalen Jones, I think they proved a lot last year that they can hang around. Uh, they can play with these guys. And uh, I think it's a bright spot right now. It's a really bright spot. I love that you brought up too, because I feel like when everybody does discuss the, the DB room, a lot of the focus is on obviously the guys that were here last year, right? Brisker, Gordon, Jackson, Johnson. But then usually the first rookie that gets brought up is Stevenson, right? Because he mm-hmm. was the second round pick. And But I like that you brought up some of the depth guys. Because when you really do sit back and actually look at it and think about it, they did invest heavily in that DB room from a depth perspective later in the draft. Took some shots on guys, you know, hey, we like some part of his game. Let's see what he's got. You know, it, especially in a good franchise, right? Like we see it all the time. Not every rookie makes an immediate impact. Some guys take two, maybe three years to make an impact on the field regularly, but who's to say to your point, right? That a a Williamson or a a Smith can't step up and be an impactful player on special teams that is still going to benefit this bears team in in, in 2023. So I, I personally love that answer. Q, I don't know if you've you've got anything else about that. Yeah, as you were going about the answer, you said, like, I don't want to pick the obvious one. I was thinking, like, man, that's 
that's a good thought process. Like what, what would I pick if I wasn't like, if I was sitting there going like, everyone's going to pick receiver. I don't want to say receiver. And it, my thought, my brain went straight to corner. Like right. it is going to be interesting to see how this all plays out this year with how, um, how you see Ky- uh, Kyler, Kyler Gordon. I kept wanting to say Kyle Gordon, Kyler, <laughs> uh, how, how you see him play in the slot exclusively. Cause he's a guy who he, he had some, a tougher time in the slot than outside last year, but it's mm-hmm. the coaching staff seems to like him better there. He seems to, to be more confident in the slot and like it better based on everything he said. So I'm really interested to see how that plays out. How, I mean, I think Tyreek Stevenson was a guy who was heavily overlooked by a lot of draft analysts because he might not fit your, your man heavy scheme where you're going to need him following receivers off, off of every double move and like tailing guys like crazy because of his agility, but he's an outstanding fit for some schemes. And I think the bears are one of those schemes. So I'm, I'm really interested to see how his, his straight line explosiveness plays in this defense. Cause I think it's going to be really good. And then Jalen Johnson wants to be paid like a cornerback one. I think he has the talent to be that he needs to stay healthy but he wants to be paid like it. It's a contract year. Those seasons are always fun for those guys because they leave it all on the field. There's a lot of dollars on that field for him this year to go get. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I, I, I was I was actually a, a fan of uh, the corner out of Minnesota that you mentioned, uh, Terrell Smith. Is it? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Terrell Smith. I was a fan of his tape. I only, I only got to watch one game going into the draft process because I was mostly focusing on the pits. But um, but I did watch one game of his, and I was like, okay, I can I can see this guy being a good fit for this defense. He has a lot of similar traits to Tyreek Stevenson, so I think there's a lot of interesting stuff in that secondary that 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 you mentioned and touched on. That I think it's a really strong answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, just like sort of thinking back to last year's draft, right? I mean, we thought that they were athletic, right? And which they are. Uh, super athletic, super physical, but you look at this year's draft. I mean, we're we're bringing in Stevenson, uh, Smith, uh, Sewell, even uh, Dexter. Like this is extremely athletic draft class, and um, like if you were to compare like this year's and last year's draft class, I think they're just going to run them out of the gym. I mean, these guys. It's unreal. Uh, their RAS scores, I forgot the number, but was it high eights or was it near nine? I forgot the RAS score, but it's unreal. Uh, the the athleticism of um, this year. Yep. And I think it's uh, important to mention not just athleticism, but athleticism at premium positions. Right. You know, mm-hmm. offensive tackle, cornerback. Defensive tackle, some people say, isn't as premium of a position. I think it's the most premium position, personally, outside quarterback, because you just don't find defensive tackles that often who are that special mm-hmm. and that, you know, that much more than a run stuffer that can really generate a push. So, like, throwing your chips in on athletic guys there, I think, is is smart. I think that's how you, how you find some of the guys who might have been overlooked. So spe- not just getting the athletes, but getting them at premium positions, I think is a, a big deal for me and something that I applaud polls for. Now, moving to the next thing here. Again, 
same same branch of questions. But what's a what, what's the position that you're you're more worried about that might think need more help or more like kind of man? I don't want to think about that position even. <laughs> right. Um. It's it's pretty obvious. You know. Uh. Just I just right in the face. I mean, who who's gonna rush a passer, right? Um. Coming off of the year before last year, uh, Travis Gibson, he had some upside. He had, what was it, around six sacks, and we were looking for him to take off. And with more – I think according to PFF, he actually hit 10. It was probably because he had a few half sacks. Really? Because PFF counts halves as full. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, I I was expecting him to uh, take a jump with more opportunity – uh, we shipped out Quinn. Um, very disappointing uh, with more opportunity. And obviously the uh, middle of the D-line, uh, that doesn't help um, with pressure. Like even Dominique Robinson, um, I loved how he started off, you know, uh, the first few games of the year, uh, just really coming on in the scene. Uh, the first game, I think, was the 49ers. He just – I mean, he wrecked shop that first game. It was – uh, real, really exciting, but I think with that full workload of just getting out there, I mean, I don't know the um, snap percentage or uh, snap count that, that he had last year, but um, he was super raw, you know, uh, coming in. And I think even he was surprised how much he was out there, you know. Yeah, I mean yeah. Robinson was even I think one of the one of the more interesting takes I've seen on him is mm-hmm. you know he he came from a Mac school that played 9 games the year before. So he pretty much doubled his games mm-hmm. and became a more consistent player on the field like halfway through the year while he was also a guy who only played the position like 2 years in college. He was he was a quarterback and a wide receiver when he got to Miami, Ohio. Like he he spent 2 years trying to find his finding his way to the D-line. So inexperienced plus has never played snaps like this and the number of games like this. It's going to be tough for that guy to, you know, right. walk into the NFL and give you give you 30 40 snaps a game. Um and I I think I think it's still an uphill battle for him even after a year experience like there's going to be I, I don't I don't think it's fair to throw expectations on him of being a high-end pass rusher this year maybe a situational guy I think that makes a lot of sense but yeah I mean the D-line especially the edge rusher spot has worries um mm-hmm. did you have something to say Ron yeah I was just gonna say like I think the D-line right now the way I look at it it's made up of a lot of guys that have a lot of what-if potential but in terms of what are you going to do for me right now, week one against green Bay, there's a lot of concern there. Right. I I think that's really where it lies. I think I could honestly probably say the guy that the most confidence per se on the D line that I personally have in them is probably a combination of pretty much what's going to be your one techniques. And that's Billings and, and Dexter. Like, I think those are the guys that they're going to show enough where you're like, okay, I trust you. I trust you to be on the field. But I think a lot of other guys are going to give you some of those highs, like you said, with with Robinson and what we kind of went through with him last year, Scopes. And then there's going to be a, a lot of lows, too. And it's going to be really interesting to see kind of who who does take maybe a, a developmental step next season or who's a little more stagnant in terms of just style of play because they did not add at that position all that much. 
Mm-hmm. I yeah, mean, like oh, oh, I, I was going to say Jadavian Clowney's still available, folks. Right. I mean, I do see a move at edge coming pretty soon. Um, I think two guys are off the board already: uh, Frank Clark and um, who was it? Someone else, former Bear uh, Floyd. I didn't see us. Oh, yeah, bring- Floyd. Yeah. I didn't see us bringing them in, but uh, that's two guys off the board pretty quick. Within maybe two or three days, it was. So I, uh, yeah, I see a move coming up pretty quick. But uh, I wanted to touch on maybe just the O line real quick. Um, Tevin Jenkins, right? He is awesome when he's healthy. I mean, he is elite, possibly in the run game. Uh, he could shore up in pass pro a bit um but is he going to be healthy for 17 games you know um or even i mean man 13 games 12 games i mean can you make it you know and i know it's not his fault uh with that uh back injury when he uh came in during the uh during his draft year but it seems like that's hindering his long-term health you know uh it's a long season for for the players you know it's a lot of it's a lot of beating uh, and I'm just really concerned about, uh, him staying in the lineup for 17 games, you know? Yeah. I think that's a very valid concern to have too, is just, you look at this offensive line as is right. And who you're, you're pretty much predicting to be the starting five two fits that offensive line have experienced health issues. Jenkins probably most notable, but even white hair a little bit last year, we, we watched kind of that roller coaster with his health as well. And I, I think that mm-hmm. does present a lot of concern to, you know, not just you Skokes, but I think a lot of people is just, Hey, there's a, it's a talented group. If all five are healthy and on the field for 17 games, what's that, what's that group look like if a Jenkins can only stay on the field for eight games or nine games, you know, or a white hair for, you know, like you said, like a 12 to, to 13 number. I mean, it still makes a big difference over the course of a season where one game legitimately in the NFL can swing you out of a playoff position, or, you know, you're the, the worst of the, the, the missed playoff position draft picks then when April rolls around. Mm-hmm. Well, and also, I mean, I think he gets overlooked because he's new here, but Nate Davis has missed games almost every year of his career, too. Mm-hmm. Like, not never more than four, I don't think. Like, he's played at least 12 games every year, but that's still – I think he only has one season where he played every game. And that, you know, that's concerning on an O-line that has those injury issues like you're mentioning here, um, especially, like, along the offensive line. It's really because it, it, it's 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 what they call a weak link unit, right? It's only as strong as its weakest link. So mm-hmm. if Sam Mustafer is your weakest link. Your O line's only as good as Sam Mustafer, you know. Like that's kind of it's not not a place you want to be. And I really like the talent that they have on the O line right now, but the depth does still concern me, like you said. Right, and I think that the the concern does come from that depth. Um, Jatiri Carter. Um, the rookie from last year, right? Uh, really athletic. Uh, he has good size. Um, but is he ready to step in, you know, uh, when he's needed? Say Jenkins goes down or Davis goes down, like you said. Um, is he ready to bang up front? Uh, I just don't know. I mm-hmm. think, 
I think Jatari Carter is my like ultimate like fan fall in love with training camp guy like guy I just I don't know why I've never even seen him play football but I just want to believe that this guy's gonna be good when I hear that he had like d1 basketball offers out of high school and I'm just like him he's gonna do it <laughs> he's right. the one that's gonna figure it out <laughs> but no I mean that that certainly is a, is a concern really on both both trenches right I, I think that's that's fair concern for me there Skokes with with both of those positions. Final question on our list. Season prediction. What are the, what are the Bears doing in 2023? Right. Uh, you know, I've listened in to the uh, last few weeks with Robert and um, and and them coming in, but I think I'm going to stick on the same path here. Just I think 7 and 10 is that sweet spot, you know, uh, with divisional games. Like game one versus Packers is – it's in Soldier Field, uh, week yeah. one. Yeah, we cannot lose week one, man. I mean, uh, we're we're doing a lot of talking this year, you know, uh, with Green Bay. Like I was up in Green Bay uh, for a for a fishing trip, and I uh, was doing some talk, you know, uh, just talking some ball, and they really have no idea what's happening over here, you know. Like they're not even aware that like we we're building from the number one pick uh, that we uh, traded. And I think they're in for a rude awakening, man. Uh, Green Bay fans. I mean, we're coming. Uh, so yeah, if we could snag two wins, right. Uh, that, that, that'd be great. Uh, the Vikings are just, I mean, they're the ultimate troll, you know, I mean, the amount of close games they won last year, was unreal. And I don't see that happening again this year. I mean, you can't get that lucky or even like um, us last year, like we can't get that unlucky uh, losing our close game. So hopefully we could flip the script and that the Panthers can. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny, man. Uh, the lions, I believe they had eight wins last year and I don't I I mean Dan Campbell's cool you know uh he's he's a rah-rah guy right and I don't trust in his coaching right now I just don't see him as a legit like I'm gonna take us to the promised land I I don't see Detroit uh in improving on eight wins either so hopefully we can snag one or two there also yep well, I think with Dan Campbell, like the the thing that pops in my head is coaches that are those, you know, more hard nosed, more rah rah coaches. They tend to burn out over mm -hmm. time, you know. Like I think Harbaugh is the ultimate extreme version, Jim Harbaugh, not John, mm -hmm. of like mm -hmm. I got a four year window and these guys are going to quit on. That's like that. That's the ultimate extreme of it, right? It's like I'm gonna push these guys as hard as they can go until they just quit. Like, so I wonder where that is for Campbell, where he falls on that scale, if he does fall on that scale, because like there's only so long that you can rah rah NFL football players. I feel like to actually get anywhere before it starts to kind of fall break apart on you. Some, I think 
the the ultimate line though there skokes is just dan campbell's cool and all but uh, <laughs> just the way the way you said that's awesome but no i mean i think that's totally fair though is you know i think a lot of bears fans are conservative on the approach for the season it's like hey yeah seven to nine wins is kind of that sweet spot right now but like to your point when you look at the rest of the, vi- the division a lot of shit can go wrong for the other three teams. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. maybe nine wins wins you the division this year. Like, it could Jared be one Goff. of those really weird years. Jared Goff turns back into a pumpkin. It's it's up for, like, anyone can win it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so. unless, um like, Hendon Hooker somehow steps in and lights the world on yeah. fire, I mean, I don't see that happening, at least not next year. But, yeah, that'd be funny. That would be funny. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, good. I think on your point, Ron, about bear, we're pretty conservative. Like when the Bears are clearly not good, we're optimists. When it's like the Bears are approaching like that playoff caliber level, we turn to <laughs> pessimists. I feel like, like we're like we we just don't want to get hurt again because the last three years we've been hurt. And it's just like, ugh. like in 2018, who had the Bears winning a bunch of games? You know, even yeah. after Khalil Mack was like, maybe they can get to 10. I think that's reasonable, you know. It's yeah. like we, we never predict a monster <laughs> season. <laughs> that's awesome. That's so true, though. Like it, it's, I think it's the Midwesterner in all of us. I think that's just <laughs> probably what it is. that's probably yeah. like we try to we try to be so like middle of the road and level headed. It's like when our teams are really bad, we're like it, it's going to be fine. It's going to be okay. They got this. They got this. Then they do get kind of good, and you're like ah, or you can. <laughs> just destroy my heart and i don't want that to happen so i'm gonna assume you're gonna suck and then when you prove me wrong great like uh no that's that is too funny man it's just kind of how how it ends up going but skokes before we uh start to wrap this thing up any any final thoughts from you sir before we uh shut down for the day uh not much going on just um oh maybe from last year uh I started a lot on Twitter last year with uh, Braxton Jones, uh, like like the pre-draft process, right? Uh, just digging in for some scouting, and, you know, just watching some interviews, doing hundreds of mock drafts. And um, I keep on taking Braxton. Uh, I forgot what pick it was last year. I think it was 148. Uh, I just saw one interview, and I'm like, I made the crazy prediction. Um, the Bears are going to draft Braxton Jones. And he's going to be the starting left tackle for the Bears. And somehow, some way, that ended up happening. I mean, yeah, we drafted him, but for him to start all 17 games too, uh, crazy prediction by me. But, uh, yeah, crazy. It's crazy stuff. Uh, Jones starting left tackle. You heard yeah. it there first at I am Scottable. Yep, yep. Uh, I underscore am underscore Skokes on uh, Twitter, yep. Uh, that's my tag. Uh, yeah, crazy prediction, man. Crazy. I love that. Well, if you do want more predictions, people listening, at I yeah, underscore am underscore scopes, all caps too. It has to be all caps. Um, I mean, you could put it in. It'll probably still come up, but it's more fun when it's in all caps anyway. Uh, scopes, man, hey, we appreciate you joining us. Before we do fully wrap this thing up, want to remind everybody, Bears on Tap, one or two Bears shows here at On Tap Sportsnet. Check out our friends over at Bears Nation Pod uh, as they are continuing to do some of their off-season content as well. We will continue our series, series here at Bears on Tap as well. Uh, lots of good things coming, and uh, I think we're all just craving football at this point. But you guys know the drill on tapsportsnet.com at on tapsportsnet on social media. 
Bulls, Blackhawks, Cubs, White Sox, and everything in between. We got it for you over there. So go ahead and check out what's on tap in Chicago sports. Skokes, we appreciate you joining us. Good friend of ours. Uh, Looking forward to the season, being in touch with you throughout the year, getting your thoughts as things unfold. And uh, us for here at Bears on Tap, we'll be back uh, next week, Hugh. um, You got another one dialed up for us later in the week. Uh, unfortunately, I will not be on the microphone. It'll be the Q show. I'm, uh, I'm excited uh, to uh, listen. That's back actually and... next week. Next week. Yeah, yeah. Next, next Thursday, right? I believe is uh, yeah where it'll be. Yeah. yeah, next Thursday. So do tune in. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, but this was an absolute blast. And uh, gentlemen, what do you say if we get out of here? The way we always do with a good old bear down. Sounds good. Bear down. Bear down. <laughs>